There is something we always want to do here, is, and that is to honor Jesus Christ, the servant king, the savior of the world, God from God, light of light, holy of holy, who became a servant and laid down his life for us. That's what we want to do every week. But this week, we also want to honor our volunteers. Why? Because you guys totally rock. You guys just week by week in so many different areas of, of ministry make this thing happen. And I want to begin by showing you this little video clip that we, we found. Thank you. We couldn't do church without you being the church. I love that statement. It's not just about you know, getting cornered into agreeing to do one Sunday in four in the children's ministry. Actually, it's about what being church is about. Serving. And in fact, you know, this is a challenge for us these days. It's, it's a challenge for us as a, as a society. We want to be served. We are a, a society, a culture that enjoys a standard of life where in many different areas, you know, people serve us. We have service industries. You know, I, I hope that you tip well when you, you have good service in a restaurant, if you can afford to go to a restaurant. I, I hope that, you know, you say thank you and take that effort to, to you know, to, to just sort of congratulate and thank people. I remember just a couple of weeks ago, I gave a, a Christmas tip to our bin man. They were absolutely gobsmacked because actually our bin men are a bunch of characters. I won't say thieves and hoodlums, but they were a bunch, they're a bunch of characters. But you know what, bless their hearts, it's a thankless task. And, and I gave a little, little gift to them and they were just blown away. But we, we want to be served. It's not in our nature, our culture to serve. We want to be served, that's the attitude. And very often people bring that attitude into church. And I wanna say thank you to every single one of you volunteers who's got it, who's understood that to be a follower of Jesus is to be a follower of the servant king. And before you feel too bad about you know, uh, you know, maybe your attitude, just understand this. The, the disciples themselves struggled with this concept. We're gonna look at a little passage of scripture here out of Matthew 20. I hope it's familiar to many of you. And uh, I'm, I'm actually gonna skip a couple of verses, but, but let's, it'll come up on the screen and you can follow on your smart devices if you've got that. But Matthew chapter 20, beginning at verse 20, then it says, the mother of Zebedee's sons, and they were part of Jesus' inner group, his disciples. They came to, she came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other at your left hand in your kingdom. In other words, grant them an elevated position. Grant them a position of profile and power. Grant them privilege. You know, and she was putting in a play for her beloved sons like many a good mum would. Now it goes on in verse 24, it says, when the other disciples, the 10 heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Probably because they wish they'd thought of it or they wish they'd got their mum to sort of intercede for them. But it says they were indignant with the two brothers. And Jesus seeing a teaching moment, called them all together and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Not so with you. 
Instead, whoever wants to become great amongst you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to give his life as a ransom. You know what a ransom is? Substitute, a price, so that somebody else can be set free. God himself, as we've already celebrated in the communion, and I've already referenced it, gave himself, served us at that level, at that depth, that profundity, so that we might be set free. Wonderful. And he said, if you're my followers, you will follow me. There's a couple of little points I want to pull out about the, the nobility of service, really. What, what does serving do, apart from mess up your diary and inconvenience you? What does serving do? Well, at the lowest common denominator, denominator might, one might say that to serve is, in, a, in a community, a Christian community, is an act of obedience. Because Jesus says we should do that. We should love one another. We should serve one another. So, you know, bottom line, it's an act of obedience. Now, that may not rattle your, your cage. That may not excite you in any way. But let me say this. Obedience and friendship with Christ go hand in hand. Obedience and friendship with Christ go hand in hand. In John chapter 15, 14, Jesus actually said, I don't call you servants. I don't call you slaves. I call you friends. Friends, if you obey my commands. So obedience is friendship with God. So that suddenly that, that kind of the drudgery of it is, is, is transformed, it's redeemed if you like. The whole concept of serving another is redeemed by Christ himself because it says, if you obey me, you are my friends. I don't call you a servant. You're not the drone in sector 42 or something like that. That's, that's something that ennobles us and also it's, it's humility, 1 Peter 15, well, sorry, 1 Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourself and God will raise you up. We're called to humble ourselves. I was in a pastor's meeting this week and felt prompted of the Lord to say, some of you, God, some of, the Lord says this, some of you I have humbled and others you have humbled yourself. But the Lord says, no matter, I will raise you up. I will raise you up. And so this call to humble us, just as Jesus humbled himself, to follow in his footsteps, to do more than follow his example, but to live the life, as it were, is a high calling, something that the servant king who now reigns in glory, whose name now is above every other name, there is none above him. As we walk in his ways, as we humble ourselves, there will come that time when Jesus will raise us up. So humility is something we either embrace as a follower of Jesus or is sometimes imposed upon us. But the reality is, as we follow him into that, the fruit of it is blessing. As you serve, and you may just feel very insignificant, you may just say, well, nobody really cares for what I do. I mean, I just do that one little ministry couple of times a month, you know, on a wet Thursday, and who knows about that? Listen, it's not like that. In fact, 
I'm probably in the best position to say it's not like that because I get the emails, I get the tough emails, but I also get some lovely emails too about people who've come here for the first time. People come to this church, so we, we've done a lot of research on this, for two main reasons. There are several reasons, but the means, the channel, the gateway, if you like, for them coming is first and foremost, friends inviting friends or family or colleagues. It's you, God bless you, inviting others to come along. But the other thing, and this has slowly increased over the years, is the whole internet thing. People just do a Google search. And you know, a typical family, you know, uh, I could say a typical single person or a typical older couple, but let's just say a typical family for argument. In fact, let's have a picture up here of a typical family. Thank you, there we are. <laughs> typical family, you know, typical family. Uh, let's call them Bert and Edna, all right? And their little darling, firstborn, Caspian Marmaduke Excalibur, okay? <laughs> the typical family, when they come to this place, and for Fliss and myself, I have to say, it was the birth of our first child that began this spiritual quest. It was, we were pretty indifferent to religion, but with the birth, as many of you know this story, with the birth, birth of our first child, it, was, it kind of started raising questions, and we started asking ourselves, well, what do we think about politics, religion, and the, you know, ecology? What do we, you know, I not really bothered too much about it before, but it was in that kind of, suddenly this, the gift of this child, this wonderful, wonderful, precious gift, which wowed us and instantly, you know, thrilled us and we thought, well, what, boy, what are we going to say what are, when they ask questions? And we, we started to, to do that kind of uh, research, if you like, into uh, what, what we would say. Well, a typical young family in that position, like this couple, Bert and Edna, you know, wowed by the gift of their first child, may well begin a spiritual journey as we did. And they'll go on the internet, say, maybe they don't know too many followers of Jesus. And they'll see about Vineyard, and they'll say, well, that, that kind of looks like a good website. Let's give that a try. And then they look at the address and say, well, where is that again? It doesn't sound, so that's Bricknell Park. Well, where's Bricknell Park? What is that place? That's where the post office, that, is that right? Can that be right? So on a Sunday morning at the appointed time, they decide to give it a try. We'll give them a try. So they get into the car and they're a little bit nervous and they're beginning to wonder whether this was a good idea all along. And, and as they approach the end of the road here, they see a vineyard sign. And that's kind of reassuring because they weren't sure they were coming to the right, right place. But a volunteer this morning, and you saw it this morning, trudged up there, actually in the sunshine this morning, and placed that vineyard sign at the end of the road. And their first thing they notice is that vineyard sign. And then they come down, and as they come down to the end of the, the road here, so they're greeted by you know, somebody in a yellow jacket, one of our car parking crew, a big smile on his face, and he kind of beckons them around, and, and that's helpful, because we didn't quite know what we were gonna do here, and they, they kind of park up the car, and you know, they, they get the baby out the back seat, and then they get the, the, you know, the baby bag with all the bits and pieces in it, and, and they can see that there are people beginning to stream across the road to this big warehouse place, and so thus far, so good, you know, we found it, and we got a parking space, and then they approach the front entrance, and, and they're welcome there, big smile, big grin, welcome. And all of this, before they've actually said a word to somebody, has reassured them, because what does it tell them? It tells them that somebody thought through, someone, some volunteer somewhere thought through what it's like to come to this place, and what are you gonna need to find it and get parked up without squashing someone? 
And they come to the door and somebody greets them and gives them a, a, not pages and pages of stuff, but just a little notice sheet or something like that. And they stand there hovering a little uncertain and one of the welcome team says, and can I help you? And they say, well, we're not sure this is our first time. Where do we go? And so they say, well, great. If you'd like a cup of coffee, you're very welcome. The chai bar is open, manned by volunteers. And they've got the baby on a hip. And so they go and stand in the coffee queue looking around saying, well, this looks kind of busy, but uh, uh, contemporary and this is a bit un unusual, isn't it? And then they get a really excellent cup of coffee by a volunteer who's taken the trouble to learn how to make an excellent cappuccino. God bless you guys. God bless you. And they're beginning to feel okay. They were a bit tense, but they're beginning to feel okay. And then, then somebody, one of the staff, probably Kev or someone like that, just uh, greets them and says, uh, hi there, uh, what do you want to, you know, I see you've got a baby on your hip, you can take it in, there's, there's a room there where you can nurse them, or, or do you want to uh, put them into the ch children's ministry, and, and they kind of hesitate, and so he takes them over and introduces them to one of the volunteers with a, a vineyard shirt on, and they're enthusiastic, and they're keen, and they've got a scanning device, and, and, and it looks like it's well prepared and well organized. It's not like some places I've been to, or first and I went to when we were kids, where there'd be some poor woman in a doorway with all lank hair across her, with like four kids on each hand saying, no, no, you go, I'll be all right, really, really, save yourself, you know. And it's kind of like, you know, like, oh my giddy heart. It, it kind of looks like we were expecting you. And on this occasion, it's their very, very first time, they decide to keep the little one with them, and so they bring them in, and, and the little one is a little bit restless, but somebody comes up and gives them a little activity pack and that's wonderful. And then there's the worship and they don't quite know what to make of the worship. They thought it would be hymns, but it isn't hymns at all. It's, there's this kind of group of volunteers up here who, who kind of like, it's really contemporary and I don't know what. And they kind of look around as the worship's going on and they see people around doing this community singing thing and, and yet they seem to be enjoying it and engaging with it. And then you know, some old guy gets up and does a talk and they kind of doze off during that and have a conversation about what color they'll paint the lounge when they get back. But at the end of that, they walk out of here and, and just before they go, the wife turns to the husband and says, do you want to have prayer? Because that fellow at the end said, you know, uh, you can have prayer for something and they won't get weird on us. And, and uh, you know, you've got, that, you've got that job interview tomorrow, Bert, you know, and as if, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, you could get prayer. And he says, no, no, I don't want to do that. It's a bit, a bit intense, you know, first time out. And they go out there and then they see that suddenly, miraculously, piles of donuts have appeared and, and you know, and, you know, there's such a buzz. And they thought they'd kind of be in and out in an hour. You know, let's just give it a quick, you know. But it's like, where did two hours go? And somebody comes up and chats to them. And, uh, and somebody, you know, checks whether or not they, they have everything they need. And do they, do they, would they like a welcome pack they could go away and stuff like that. And, and, and finally, they, they leave the place and they walk across the road to the car park. And, and they look at one another and say, well, you know, that, that wasn't half bad, was it, you know? That wasn't half bad. And as they get in the car and leave the estate, the husband, Bert, turns to his wife and says, you know, I'm gonna drop that pastor guy, Chris, a line, an email. I'm just gonna say we came on Sunday and you know what? We felt like royalty. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke, come on, I'd have really got there. They were falling in the aisles at the last time. Wake up. It's better than that. 
We felt like royalty. And you see all these volunteers, you know, we, I, I asked one of the staff during the week, because we were doing this thing for the, today, I said, okay, how many volunteers do we have on a rota for Sunday? And he came back, and I'd already ordered a couple of hundred of these little medals I want to give out, and, he, and this person came back and said, so we have 240 people roted up for Sundays. I said, what? Well, I knew I was in trouble because I hadn't got enough medals for start. But you may just feel like you are the clone or drone in Sector 42, and that your little bit of service matters to no one. You just do it because you got sort of pinned against a wall and find yourself saying yes when you really want to say no. But the reality is that so much happens before you finally take your seat. So much has gone on. So many volunteers have got up early in the morning, maybe not 5.30 as it was on that, that film clip. So many have got up and they've thought through and they've worked together so that together, as this body dynamically functions, we begin to convey to people that they're special, that we're mindful of them, we were expecting of them, and we hope that they begin to feel like the royal sons and daughters that God intends them to be. So much happens that is of crucial importance before I ever get up and say a word here. And I and we honor you. I wonder if you are, if you are a volunteer, if you volunteer in some way, shape or form, even if it's a, you know, a ministry during the week, I'm not picky today, would you mind just standing where you are now, please? Just stand up where you are. I know it's a little embarrassing, but just stand where you are. God bless you.